We live inside a dream. You're not a turkey. A turkey is one of the dumbest birds on earth. Hello, and welcome to Stan and Dave Need Wedding Dates. That is an actual line from Twin Peaks Firewalk with me, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, my name is Eric Keppel. And my name is Jeremy Schmidt. And I'll also quote a line from Firewalk with me. Gobble, gobble. <laughs> yes. Uh, I, believe that is, a- I believe that is verbatim the response to your quote. <laughs> is she looks yeah. at him dead in the eyes and says gobble gobble <laughs> yeah with just just like a fire burning in her eyes yes just, vampire eyes come out yes <laughs> you know she would cheryl lee would be a good vampire character yeah. cheryl lee uh, is an american treasure dude she's man i mean i'm so excited i jeremy you know i've been uh this most recent rewatch of Twin Peaks that I've done with you so far, I haven't gone as deep into like reading the message boards and kind of like doing my own theorizing and, and kind of getting obsessive over it for because I've seen this series so many times. I think I'll, there will be a lot more of that in the return because I've only seen that uh, twice and it was a long time ago. Um, but for some reason, after watching Fire Walk with me a few days ago, I've been like going down the rabbit hole of like looking uh looking at fan theories uh just reading like uh people's interpretations of like specifically the ending and uh there's now this is kind of interesting uh context for the return jeremy is uh, b- before the return came out, everyone was watching Fire Walk with me because David Lynch, during an interview or something, uh, said something along the lines of like, "You have to watch Fire Walk with me in order to understand the return." Mm. So Fire mm-hmm. Walk with me kind of had this little like resurgence, and there are certain things, uh, and I'm not going to tell you what any of them are, but there are certain things in this movie that tie into the return in such a way that like fucking blew my it, it's i cannot wait for you to see them because they're yeah. uh this is like a very there's a lot of very important information in this movie and i'm very uh i'm very curious because it's a very even in the twin peaks community fire walk with me is very sort of divisive mm-hmm. even like fans hate this movie really but then there's people that love it see yeah uh, i i'm i'm in that camp i could yes. not believe how much yes. I loved this movie front to back. Like, I was just shocked. I, w- I was like almost pinching myself because w- why should this movie be good? You know what I mean? Like, why would a movie... <laughs> like, they try to do this all the time where they try to like wrap up a television show by making like a movie f- version of it. And I've never like... That's never been the best stuff from the show. You know what I mean? Like, that's never like as good as the show is. I think this is as good as the show is. Like this gets oh, yeah. this this film gets to the heights that Twin Peaks gets to in the show, if not if not higher highs. Um so I'd be interested I, I hope you have some insight into like what people don't like about the film because I I'd be interested to know. 
I mean, I have I have some thoughts, but we'll get to those later. So, yeah, I guess before we dive in, uh, we are a Stanley Kubrick and David Lynch podcast. Uh, we we just kind of covered season two of Twin Peaks, and we're back to going back and forth between Kubrick and Lynch movies. Uh, check out our 2001 episode. It was very, very fun conversation. Uh, we also have a deal going on on our Patreon right now, uh, patreon.com slash Eric and Jeremy. For $1, you can get access to our bonus episodes uh, at, at least at least through May, uh, sort of something we're just doing through the, uh, the pandemic here because uh, we know everyone's going a little insane. Uh, and... <laughs> Yeah, so, uh, and also Chucky Rules 420 is our Twitter handle. Uh, go and uh, tweet at us. We, li- we love it when people tweet at us. We like to interact with the, with the listeners. Uh, we like to hear what people think of the episodes and what, what they want us to, uh, to cover. So you're, you're certainly welcome to shout out requests and, and whatnot. We kind of do, we, you know, we do, I kind of love our, our recording schedule, Jeremy, because we always do like the main episode right away. Mm-hmm. And I'm always looking at like a long list of like notes in in Microsoft Word, and then afterwards, I just I literally throw my computer monitor over my shoulder, and we just record like a laid back, uh, Patreon episode about like <laughs> a Tales from the Crypt episode or something. So we're doing some great stuff over there. Uh, Patreon.com/slash Eric and Jeremy. Uh, anyway, Jeremy, my first question for you. I, I love that you liked this movie on the first the first viewing. Having watched this and having just watched the original series, uh, if you were to in this position and the return never existed, and this was all that we get of Twin Peaks, do you feel like that's enough? Like, is it did Firewalk with Me provide like closure for you or or kind of tie things up? Yeah, in a weird way, it kind of did, which I think is a testament to how like the strengths of this particular film like it answered some questions i didn't even know that i had about twin peaks it also showed me things about twin peaks that i didn't consider before like i'm not gonna lie to you what laura palmer was doing pre twin peaks was not even something i thought i wanted to see like they talk about it so much in the show that i feel like i got a picture of it and i feel like okay seeing like like a young kid high school girl like burn out in her last few days of life before getting killed by her and possibly raped by her dad like <laughs> I, that does not seem like a movie i necessarily am jumping to go watch but just the way that it's done and the way that it's handled and i think also the way that it wraps up definitely made me feel like oh wow like this somehow answered it somehow like made itself responsible for the ending of the show twin peaks like it came in and, and sort of cle- cleaned up a couple of things, but also like since Twin Peaks doesn't necessarily exist in a linear timeline, like there's a big win in my opinion in this movie that doesn't, what am I trying to say? It's like, there's like a big, one of the outcomes of this film is like a big win that if you didn't know that now that, it, now that you know that you can watch the show under a different lens, I think. Maybe. Yeah. 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 It's it's interesting. Yeah, you know, this time I watched this uh also during Christmas, like right before we started getting into season one. And it was my first time watching like 
fire walk with me before watching everything else and it was kind of interesting uh i mean how did you feel about like the tone of it like were like were you uh i guess were you shocked by because Mm -hmm. like laura palmer is was like there was some fucked up stuff going there's a lot of like really fucked up stuff in this movie yeah it has a it has like a razor's edge to it that the show definitely doesn't have but to me (laughs) i i use this comparison when i was talking to my girlfriend about it who was sitting next to me watching it because she she actually mentioned too like she's like this is way more sad than the show and and like there are tits everywhere <laughs> you know so yeah. um but what i said there is like it kind of reminds me of when the power rangers made their first movie so like mm. you had this show right and it was the power rangers and it was in a four by three aspect ratio and it aired in the early 90s but then suddenly around like 1998 or some shit they had a big like um theatrical released movie version of the power rangers and it's not really like the show because the show is so cheap this has like a budget so it looked like amazing and because it looks amazing the fights were more intense like everything just felt more gritty and real and intense in this power ranger movie that's how this film feels to me where suddenly we're seeing everybody in 16 by 9 we're seeing everybody on film i don't know if the show was actually taped on film or taped on tape but like i assume you know at the time this had to look like the best twin peaks had ever looked you know and it just felt like we've leveled up in a way this and and now we're also free from the constraints of i guess the network to tell exactly the kind of story we want to tell in in the harshest way we want to tell it yeah um yeah, and that's basically that's basically what you get for eighteen hours straight in the in the return. Really, <laughs> which is which is it's just. I mean, yeah, he had like no like the showtime was basically like yeah whatever do whatever do whatever you want. Um, yeah, it's it's uh, it's quite it's quite a piece of work. Uh, so Fire Walk with Me came out in ninety two, uh, directed by Lynch, obviously written by David Lynch and Robert Engels. Uh, Engels. Um, I think he was more, for some reason, I feel like he was writing more in season two. Maybe I'm wrong, but he, he's, he was kind of around as a pretty, uh, pretty big player in the writer's, uh, room. I guess they didn't have a writer's room, but he, he wrote a lot of episodes. Um, Mark Frost and David Lynch, uh, I guess had, were not on great terms, uh, around this time. So he wasn't really, uh, he wasn't involved. And fire walk with me um frost was it Is yeah it? mark yeah. frost mm-hmm. uh they do ultimately um team back up again that's good uh, later on but, um you know there was a lot of weirdness after like season two uh people got um like a lot of people in the cast and stuff were kind of like bummed out with the direction of the show along with the fans and you know it did i in my uh, in my opinion, it had a very good ending, but you know, it was kind of it was like a production. It was kind of a roller coaster. The the whole the it, production the, the itself show. was. Yeah, I mean, just the way things were uh, things were going. Like it, it's the, there were a lot of like negative ratings. Kind of yeah. like it got off to such a strong start, and then things kind of really went south. Oh, you mean the two. show? I'm sorry, I thought we were yeah, talking about yeah, Firewalk yeah. with me. Okay. Yeah. So a lot of people like didn't 
really want to be involved with Firewalk with me. Kyle McLaughlin is like the one of them who, um, at first he he kind of he he basically said he wouldn't he didn't want to do it at all. Right. Um, yeah. And then I I guess after a while he 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 said that he'll be in it, but with like a smaller a smaller role. I wonder if so, that was from constant being weighed down by david lynch <laughs> like lynch calling him every day being like i made your fucking career you monster you better be in my <laughs> my goddamn movie like of course yeah. mclaughlin doesn't want to be in it i mean the show i'm guessing by season two was considered sort of a failure is that kind of what you're getting at here a little bit which is like the ratings being what they were and you know the show going in a direction even david lynch didn't like it's easy to see how someone like Laura Flynn Boyle, Sherilyn Fenn, Richard Bremer, all of them, or R- Richard Bamer, all of them like being like, nah, you know what? Thanks, but no thanks. Like, I actually yeah. kind of want to delete this memory from my mind. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And you know, there is, there's actually, and this is something that I think, I think you should watch this at some point, And I think maybe it'll be a, a bonus episode. Um, because we've been we've been hitting Twin Peaks pretty hard. Uh, we don't have to do it. We it actually might be a good thing to do before the return. Is there uh, when they kind of re-released this movie on Blu-ray? Mm. Uh, David Lynch curated and put together um, in the order that he wanted, and sort of like put the finishing touches on basically ninety minutes of deleted scenes. They're called the missing pieces, mm. and those scenes there's. Um, a lot of people were like Jack Nance is in there. We seem to see some Jack Nance. Um, I'm trying to think of who else. There's there's plenty of characters who are in uh, uh, who aren't in Fire Walk with me, but are are in the in the deleted scenes. And that's um, are those is that like on the special features of the Criterion version of this film? Yes, but they're also all on on YouTube. On YouTube, uh, and okay. there are the the fans consider the missing pieces Twin Peaks canon. There are some things, um, and I'll try, as I remember that when we go through the plot, I'll try and point them out. But there, there's a couple things that are, that are really interesting. Like, for example, Philip Jeffries, uh, David Bowie's scene is, like, mm-hmm. much longer. Yeah. There's a much I, longer version of that. Because he's only in the one scene, right? In the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That, <laughs> there, I did have a big, like, what gives moment when I, when I saw him in it for like a second and then never again. It was like, what, what, what was the thinking here? Like we couldn't get even like a clear line of dialogue out of David Bowie before we just moved on. Like I know David Lynch is a, likes to make crazy movies, but come on, you got David Bowie in your cast, like do something cool. Like, (laughs) yeah, I will say there's a lot of stuff in the missing pieces where I'm like, I could see why you got rid of that. The entire David Bowie thing is like, it's so good. It's, yeah. uh, uh, I mean, it's just basically an extended version of that scene that you see, but it's, uh, it's, it's, it's wild. Um, and, uh, yeah, uh, obviously Laura Flynn Boyle didn't, doesn't come back. What do you think of Moira Kelly as, as Donna Hayward? Was that kind of like, did you know that beforehand? Was it kind of weird? It was weird. And I guess when I was watching it, I didn't, I must have looked down at my phone or not paid attention for the moment that they labeled her as Donna because I thought she was just another... I thought she was Ronette for a lot of the movie. Okay. And then yeah. it, it wasn't until we got to the bar scene when we meet Ronette. And then I was like, oh my God, wait, no, that's Donna. 
and it all came yeah. kind of flooding in where I was like, oh, that makes way more sense that that is Donna. Did, um, who do you prefer, Laura Flynn Boyle or Moira, Moira Kelly as I, Donna? I, I don't know. Uh, another, I'm going to keep quoting Jackie probably this whole podcast, but she did turn to me and she was like, that girl's hot. And I was like, yeah, she kind of <laughs> is. And it was like, I, Laura Flynn Boyle is such an interesting actor, don't you think? Where it's like, she's such an ingenue. You know what I mean? Like a Juliet. Like she's so fair and subdued and like, yeah. you know, I feel like this other girl, this other performer, Moira has like a, I don't know, some uh, a grit or like something more interesting about her. Laura Flynn Boyle just seems like such a damsel. Um, but I don't know. Maybe that's just like how I read their performances. How, wh- what are you? Are you a Laura Flynn Boyle fan? I it's like hard. I I I think I do prefer Moira Kelly, mm-hmm. but like I'm so used to. I there are I do kind of like Laura Flynn Boyle's like spe- the Laura Flynn Boyle Donna's stuff that I like is like when she sort of tries to become like Laura in uh-huh. like late season one, and she's like wearing Laura's like sunglasses and shit. Yeah, and like it, starts it, smoking. Right. I, it also goes back to like the direction of the show versus versus the direction of the film like the film is just so much so much more active or something where like the performances in twin peaks the show feel a little flat whereas these performances feel very big you know very have a lot of depth to them i guess uh and and it's not like a bad thing it's just like i think the tone of the show is so different like the tone of the show is so soap opera-y so you get a lot of like big performances and stuff and a lot of like readings from laura flynn boyle's character from donna that are like why would you say it like that (laughs) you know what i mean like why like this is like this is like a i feel like i'm watching like a theater production in like a small town like when laura flynn boyle says certain stuff but like in a film like fire walk with me like even bobby is like a cooler character. Oh like, yeah. Whereas like, I think yeah. Bobby and James just straight up suck in this film. I'm <laughs> like, I'm like, they're like these, these scenes are meaningful and they're cool kind of. And like the performances actually feel better. I don't yeah. know. Um, yeah. So, uh, the, the film did not get it. It's, it's kind of, uh, People like it now. the The fans like it a lot now, um, especially with the return. But uh, when it first came out, people did not like it. Um, it uh, premiered, I believe, at at Can Cans uh, in '92. Uh-huh. It was met with uh, unanimous negative reviews. Uh, Tarantino has a famous quote uh, he said in an interview. Uh, mm-hmm. He was in in attendance at Can. Uh, he said, after I saw Twin Peaks Fire Walk with me at Cannes, is it Can or Cans? I think it's, it's Cannes. Con. Con. Uh, David Lynch had disappeared so far up his own ass that I have no desire to see another David Lynch movie until I hear something different. And you know, I loved him. I loved him. <laughs> so that's what Tarantino said. Uh, and, and it's like so funny because like when you read that quote, I can hear him saying it. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah, you know what I mean? I loved him. I loved him. You know, like just like being so emphatic about what he's tr- saying. It's it's so yeah. it's so funny. Like that quote <sighs> is so good. But I also heard that the the that Khan was like 
wasn't it split a little bit with the viewing? Like, was it just unanimously booed, or was like some people? I guess it says almost unanimous, but oh yeah, wow, because uh, what's pretty... his name Ebert? I, I heard just... there were boos. Uh, yeah, there, I heard there were boos, but I also heard, yeah. According to Roger Ebert from the Chicago Sun-Times, the film was met with two extremes, one side being overall positive while the other side being the exact opposite. So he at least reported, Ebert, who's famously not a fan of Lynch, reported that people were, some people did like it, like, which I think that makes sense if you haven't seen the show and you're just watching this movie. That might make sense to me that you would maybe be like, what in God's green earth is even trying to happen in this thing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you agree with that? Like, can you imagine watching it without seeing the show or being a fan of Twin Peaks? Like, what that must be like? I'm trying to think. Um, and I, I guess it, it might no. just be really confusing. I don't think it would be confusing. I just don't, don't... Like, I think you would understand sort of, like, the overall plot of the movie, but I, I think it would just like the significance of it i guess wouldn't there wouldn't be any like some yeah. sort of like there's there would be no like stake for you maybe other than like you know i don't know yeah it, it is very dark it's like you see this teenage girl like basically go through hell and then she goes to this like weird place that you've never seen before and you don't know what it is yeah and an it angel might just feel up, i guess yeah, <laughs> yeah right. i guess it would be yeah <laughs> <laughs> not a great experience it would feel uh, like weird maybe for weirdness sake or something like yeah you know that feeling yeah. when you're watching a movie and you're like is this a sequel should i have should i know who this person is you know like that kind of feeling um right it might feel like that but it's hard right because i've seen the show now twice all the way through the original series so by the time i've, I've come to this i'm like holy shit like it was a ride for sure hell yeah um yeah there's a lot of trivia about this i'd rather like talk about the plot uh because we'll probably have a lot to say the only other thing i wanted to bring up is uh apparently lynch and Engels sort of had this idea to do a series of films uh in the world of twin peaks uh i heard the number three thrown around but uh three films but um because this was obviously such a failure they you know that didn't happen i i'm very curious to know what else uh, what else they I, it see it from what it says on Wikipedia they wanted to do more with with Jeffries uh, Garland Briggs and Chet Desmond mm-hmm. uh, but yeah kind of similar to Dune how <laughs> that was supposed to be a series and oh yeah right know, yeah really no I mean poorly yeah they, yeah <laughs> <laughs> kind of a pattern uh, let's see here. It also like there is a pattern with David Lynch and television versus film, like him yeah. wanting to make like a movie, but then it or a show, and then it turns into a movie. You know that's happened like a couple of times with him. Where, yeah, it seems like it seems like his content can live anywhere. It's like, is this a show? I don't know. Is it a movie? Sure, I don't know. <laughs> it's like, it's like I guess it's I guess it's just done when I stop making it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, this is a movie. Uh, this is a movie where I like when I see the beginning of it. Every time, having seen it all the way through, I'm like, I can't believe we start here and yes. then we end up there. That is my biggest complaint with the film. But do you want? <laughs> are, are we gonna start? Are we gonna start in on the plot? 
Is it time? We're going to start on the plot. Okay, I, w- I mean, the first thing we see, we get the blue of the TV, and we basically see some. We see a TV breaking. Right. Did you pick up on that? It's yes. like, okay. I love that. I just think it's, I don't know. I just think that's so great. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I'm not quite think. sure how it fits in with anything, being that TV is not like a huge motif in Twin Peaks. No, just like this isn't a TV show anymore. This is... Oh, yeah. cool. we're at the movies, baby. Yeah, I'm. See, I'm a bit of a dullard. <laughs> I'm a TV guy. So when yeah. I saw that, I just was like, "Why?" <laughs> <laughs> Great. No, that's cool. That's like a very art. What an artistic choice. Yeah, and in that scene, that's th- when Leland is murdering Teresa Banks, I believe. Uh-huh. Um, mm-hmm. So FBI Regional Bureau Chief uh, Gordon Cole sends agents uh, Chet Desmond and Sam Stanley to investigate the murder of teenage drifter and prostitute Teresa Banks in the town of Deer Meadow, Washington. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. so I let's talk about this David opening. David Lynch right away. <laughs> yeah, right? The, it's, it opens with David Lynch's loud-voiced character, which <laughs> yes. is a callback to something that if you don't know what that character is, you must be like, what in the hell is going <laughs> on? It also like, I'm going to say this, all this stuff with Chester and Sam, it looks the worst of anything else in the film. Like it looks like it was shot in a different, like years before or something. Hmm. Um, the shot of David Lynch in his office is like a flat office background with like a, it just doesn't look dressed. Like there's yeah. like a lot of shanty things about this opening, which kind of when you first start the film, you're like, oh, great. I got to watch yeah. this for two hours. Like it, it does set you up for like, like fear that you're going to have to watch something the, shitty. Yeah, there are a few things. I guess I, I get that with like the Deer Meadow Sheriff Station. Is oh, a yeah. little like they could have done some more stuff with this. Like the, when they're in the guy's Peaks office and station the, is the great. Saw. Yes, exactly. I'm a, I'm a, yeah. 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 But also like um, just like the perform I mean, the performances are also strange. Like and I would say there's a there's a moment when we see the a woman named what's her name? I guess she doesn't have a name, the with the red hair. Yeah. Right? In the beginning. And uh, she comes out. Lil. Lil. That's her name? Her name is Lil? Yep. Okay. So she comes out and I'm like, this movie is not like, that is a David Lynch thing, right? Like this woman. Like it's a total, yeah. she's like she belongs in his universe for sure. But this particular film is not really like, it, it's setting you up. It's setting, it's giving you the wrong expectation for like what you're going to see in this movie. Like th- that's not really part of it. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like a weird non thing, like nonsense thing that he's thrown in and kind of like, so you're like, okay, great. I'm going to be dealing with a lot of goofy shit. And then it's like, no, it does. It's not really goofy. It's not like, it's like the movie's not the tone of the movie is not like that at all. Like it's like, it's like yeah. so weird at this beginning. It just has a different overall tone and feeling and atmosphere than the rest of the, the film. Yeah. I do like, I do like the actors. Like all the actors are cool. Like I love oh, yeah. that Kiefer Sutherland's in this as Stan, uh, Sam Stanley. I love Chris Isaac being in this. I think he does a really good job. I also love yeah. uh, Harry Dean Stanton is amazing, but 
Yeah, I, I think that's my biggest complaint about the film in general is the the opening. It's just so like it doesn't it doesn't seem to fit. I don't know. What's your take on it? This is the kind of like the this recent viewing is kind of the first time I've really st- started to appreciate Chet Desmond and Stan- Sam Stanley <laughs> and this whole this whole thing. Mainly because I read uh, someone on on a Reddit thread that I read made a pretty strong case for this being a uh, this whole stuff leading up to when Chet Desmond disappears being a, being Cooper's a dream of that Coop has. Oh, uh, cool! Yeah, and I'll talk about I'll talk about that when we get to it, it, a little later on. Um, very very compelling argument, and I I actually I I like to. I buy into it because it's it's fun, but um, but also uh, I don't know the exact timeline, but I know there was like a while where uh, McLaughlin like didn't want to do the film, and then he agreed to do it, but he wanted to be the one investigating the Teresa Banks murder. Um, so Lynch had to get rid of uh, you know Chet Desmond and Sam Stanley. Uh, I don't know the exact timeline on that. I think there's something, it has something to do with McLaughlin, like them leaving earlier and it's kind of, kind of like a weird, messy situation. But uh, really? Do, so that's, that's why they disappear, quote unquote, they disappeared uh, in the film. I, that's, that's something so that stupid. I've heard, but I, it's not, uh, <laughs> you know, there's a lot, there's, all, so there's a lot awesome. of rumors out there, but uh, yeah, that's awesome. And yes. really stupid. Um, yes. like, it's like, I like to think they, that there's more. Yeah, they should have just cut him out of the movie. I mean, as much as I, as much as I like Chris Isaac in this, and think, think they were setting up like good, cool characters to maybe pursue. That it's just not ever my favorite thing when you introduce something as strong as that and then just drop it. Like that's yeah. not. I just to me that's just not good storytelling. Even if you are David Lynch, like I- I'm sorry, it's just I just it's not my favorite. You know, like get do something with them or don't show them. Or have a really strong reason for showing these two guys. Like, why are we seeing them? If it's Cooper's dream, that's cool. But it's not explicitly said in the in the film. But yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Maybe if the return has some more Chester Desmond stuff, that'd be cool. I have the feeling like maybe that doesn't happen. <laughs> but that would. We'll be, see. We'll yeah, see. We'll see. Okay. Cool. Uh, the pair are informed about their new assignment through a woman named Lil, wears an artificial blue rose on her lapel. I do really like this, actually. <laughs> I like this a lot. Uh, Desmond and Stanley view Teresa's body at the morgue. Uh, they notice that the ring is missing from her finger and a small piece of paper with a T, a letter T printed on it has been inserted under one fingernail. Mm-hmm. I guess we're kind of skipping over the sheriff station stuff, but it's whatever. They They don't get along with the law enforcement there basically. yeah and it's and it's a very stilted like david lynch typical scene of like you know a person you come into a room and there's people like laughing for no reason kind of a thing like yeah it's it's a little jarring a little creepy uh it is it is like not as like weird as like a lot of as like potentially this these scenes could have been like it's most of the stuff at the beginning is also played very straight would would you agree? Like it's like, it just feels like kind of a a, a cheeky noir film in the beginning. Yeah, Except yeah. Minus Lil, who's totally <laughs> lives in David Lynch land. 
um, the rest of the characters are kind of just operating and it's pretty normal. They're investigating a murder. Nothing crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm trying to remember the name of the diner they go to because I do like that scene. Um, yeah, that's cool. That's cool. At the diner. Uh, later, Desmond finds Teresa's missing ring under a trailer. As he reaches out to it, he is taken by an unseen force. So I can't remember everything. Some of the like, some of the d- logic for this being a dream is, uh, there's a few instances where people are like repeating themselves in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, specifically, the main one being when uh. Harry Dean Stanton asks them if they brings them some Good Morning America, yes. some cups of coffee. Yes. And Kiefer Sutherland, like, really in, like, sort of like an unnatural way, says, like, we sure could use a good wake me up, right? A good wake me up? Like, he repeats yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Um, that, is co- that is interesting. I thought that was uh, such a weird choice to, like, linger on that for so long. The first thing we hear of cooper when we'll talk about the scene next is he talks about a dream he had the previous night i have to tell you about this dream that i just had basically mm-hmm. um the i can't remember this isn't cut out of the philip jeffries lines in the original uh but it's it's kind of because it's it's kind of like you hear it over like the sort of the convenience store stuff that you're looking at. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's easy to miss where he says we live inside a dream or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also the strongest uh, argument for me is that there is a, uh, you know, when, when Cooper goes to the trailer park and he's talking to Harry Dean Stanton, right. And Harry Dean's like, uh, the trailer's over there. And then Coop starts walking in another direction. Mm-hmm. And he's like, where are you going? And he says, I'm going over here. And he walks over to just an empty plot. Right. That's where, uh, that is where Chet Desmond disappeared. Right. Because otherwise, like, that's, how. why else would he go there other than just, like, into it, like, just crazy intuition? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Right. Like, that's why I like the dream, I, that's why I like the dream theory, because it, like, almost makes that moment make more, make more sense. I like uh, that theory, too, and I wish that, it would have just been explicitly a dream because that would make this, the rest of it way cooler and make more sense. And it would, it would make me have paid attention more or something. Like I would have like thought back to what I had seen in the beginning for clues as opposed to kind of just deleting it from my mind as soon as it was, as soon as it was clear that this is just not, we're not going to yeah. see these characters again. <laughs> it's just like... Yeah, you do kind of just forget about them. Yeah, and while. it's a bummer it's like, because they are also like the biggest, maybe some of the biggest star power in the movie at the, in the uh-huh. very beginning. <laughs> so it's like, it's like very distracting that they're not in it again. Can I also say another thing too? So that, the, the my I'm going to get all my negativity out of the way. My least favorite thing about the film is the beginning. My second least favorite thing is all the Dale Cooper stuff. Like really, a, yeah, all the FBI stuff. I so we'll get into specific scenes and like why I don't I, I just think it's boring. It's just not that interesting to me, and they don't do enough with it. Like Dale Cooper isn't really in this movie that much. Like he's used he's, he's very sparingly, to the point where I'm like, would this have been stronger if they just didn't use him at all? For as much as we heard about the FBI headquarters too in the show, and this is a little pet peeve just as someone who is a fan of the show. 
my expectation of what this place is going to look like and be like when we actually finally get there is like through the roof. Like I'm excited. Like, Oh my gosh, we're finally going to get to see headquarters where freaking Dale's from and Gordon Cole and Miguel Ferrar. And we get there and it's just very bland and uninteresting. Like nothing really happens there. There's the vision, but out after that, it's just like, what are we, we're following up on a murder that we already know who the, killer is really yeah yeah um yeah. and i never thought i'd say that because in the show it's always the opposite that, that's true it's all the cooper stuff i like and the rest of the people i'm like could take or leave you know what i mean like like uh and i mean that's an exaggeration i love most of the characters in the in the show but like cooper stuff to me is always usually like that's the show you know it's like what's cooper up to what's he you know he's like the main character in my mind but this movie operates in a different logic where i'm like give me more uh give me more uh uh, uh laura palmer stuff you know yeah, yeah. give me more bobby in this movie <laughs> yeah um yeah i kind of get that i get that uh yeah so we're at the fbi headquarters in philadelphia cole and agent cooper uh experience a brief vision of their long lost uh colleague agent jeffries i don't think this is a vision this is uh they I mean, they actually see him. He is, like, physically there. This isn't, like, a weird, like, vi- like. I get, for some reason they said vision in the Wikipedia. Well, it, it, explain think. to me, then, the camera stuff. What cameras? Where he's looking in the camera. Oh, yeah. So that is, uh, that is another thing that um, kind of ties into the... See, that to me is sort of like, uh, 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 you know how Cooper like just has these weird like things that he gets from dreams? Mm-hmm. Uh, like these weird like intuitions. Like I see that as something that like came up in a dream and he was like, I got to like check this out to like see what's going on. Right. Um, it's like some something he had like an intuition for. Uh, so... Philip Jeffries showing up is like he 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 basically I don't remember what is in the actual film and what's in the deleted scene but he he gets there from Buenos Aires mm-hmm. like a hotel in Buenos Aires and he had been missing for like a couple of years I think and then he comes in and spouts off all the stuff he says we need to talk about Judy uh, he says, we live inside a dream. Uh, I feel like there's a few other important things. But yeah, I none remember. of this is in the film, right? Uh, okay. He does say, you you do hear him say, we need to talk about Judy. Okay. In the in the film. Uh, but then he, he basically gets like teleported back to Buenos Aires uh, in this pretty insane uh, scene. But, uh, yeah, he tells them about a meeting he witnessed involving several mysterious spirits, uh, the man from another place, Killer Bob, Mrs. Chalfont, and her grandson, um, Agent Cooper. So th- what we're seeing over this is uh, basically the what is, I believe, the room above the convenience store that you start to hear about, that you'll mm-hmm. hear about more in the return, um, where Bob is and the man from another place and some mm-hmm. weird like bearded man. Right. This is where they're all hanging out basically. Yeah. 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 Uh, Agent Cooper is sent. Uh, so Agent Cooper is sent to Deer Meadow to investigate Desmond's disappearance, uh, but finds no answers. 
Yeah. I guess. And then Dome. How did you feel when the uh, the theme song came in? Chills, my dude. Hell yeah. Big time chills. This was such an incredible like moment where he just, he, I feel like they just nailed it. Like, boom, you just see the Welcome to Twin Peaks sign and it's just the music comes in and now we're back in the universe I like, you know? Yeah. Now we're in oh, a familiar yeah. place where everybody knows your name. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, we're at Twin Peaks. It's a year later. Uh, homecoming queen, Laura Palmer, and her best friend, Donna Hayward, go to school. Uh, Laura is addicted, <laughs> addicted to coke. To co- I love that. Is the next sentence. Laura's addicted to cocaine <laughs> and is cheating on her boyfriend, Bobby. <laughs> yeah, with biker James Hurley. Yeah. Uh, I loved seeing this. This was great. Yeah. Like, as far yeah. as, like, lore building for the show, like... It was cool to see the payoff. I didn't know I wanted to see that, like how the relationships all worked because we spend... Laura Palmer's never in the show. So we... I mean, like not as a main part of the cast. So we never see like Bobby and her were dating. Like that's so weird to me, that idea. Mm. Because we yeah. see Bobby dating Shelly for so long and then we see James dating Donna forever. So it's like... You know, it's just it was just so cool to see the reality that we had heard so much about, like her cheating on Bobby with James in the school. Ugh, it was it was awesome, and like Bobby being such a violent like monster on campus, and like watching yeah. Laura the way she like calmed him down. You know, oh, uh, that's a great. I love that so much. Yeah, uh, that scene. I also like his strut. Like he like he almost like waddles like a baboon. Oh, yeah. When he's going back into the school and that music yeah. is playing. Yeah. It's yeah. just, it's just, it was like truly breathtaking. I feel like it's get, it was a good idea to go to the school first, right? Like, yeah. because the school we didn't really, we, we saw some of in the show, but we didn't get, I never got like a clear layout of what it really felt like to be in school in Twin Peaks. It just, it never felt like those characters were really in high school because they were all fucking constantly so it just felt like <laughs> yeah. they were like adults <laughs> but yeah yeah this was, it was cool I, I i'm not gonna lie i i very much loved this introduction to twin peaks uh laura discovers the pages are missing from her secret diary and gives the rest of her diary to uh harold smith agoraphobic friend harold smith uh yeah i was not see not <laughs> excited to see harold again <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> did not think we needed a follow up on that relationship. But uh, again, though, as far as like lore goes, it was cool to see. It was like, oh, that yeah, that's right. She did the meals on wheels thing, and he was part of her life. I also love seeing her like kind of mess with his mind a little bit, you know, like kind of kissing him and stuff, and just he just looked so freaked out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Sorry, sorry, Drew. I know you're listening, but uh, I know you're I know you're a Harold fan. Yeah, uh, he just doesn't do it for me. He does not yeah. do it for me, my man. But uh, I, I will say this is the own. best Harold has ever looked. I yes, will say I will that. say this is my favorite Harold uh, of all of them. Yeah, but <laughs> you know, uh, Mrs. Chelfont and her grandson appear to Laura. They warn her that the man behind the mask is in her bedroom. Ugh. Oh, this is so good. Good. <laughs> it's, it's this so is great. such good. I mean, what what was the thinking? Do you think to put the mask on the kid because he's the, these characters are in the show, but they're only in one scene, I think in the entire series. Right. And, um, we, and he doesn't wear a mask in the show. 
the man behind the mask. I think it's. Uh, I mean, I think it's maybe symbolism. Uh, For sure, you know, the man yeah. behind the mask. She's obviously referring to to Leland. Yeah, Bob but like, the, why the why put the little ki- like what was with the white nose mat? Like it was just like it was something they added to those already. We've seen them before characters. Yeah, to like make yeah, it a little know. creepier. I think. A- anyways, it worked for me. I was I was into it. Yeah, uh, yeah, and they give her they give her a paint a little uh, a painting mm-hmm. or something. Um, yeah. Laura runs home where she sees Bob. Uh, she rushes outside in terror and sees her her father Leland emerging from the house. Mm-hmm. I mean, we got a just like a moment of appreciation for just like how fucking good Cheryl Lee is in this movie. Mm. Like this scene, this scene in particular, I'm like, God damn, dude. Imagine like having to act like this specific moment where you're like, I don't even want to like, we all know like what the situation is. Like, right. Sees yeah. the dad come out like, God damn, dude. She's like, it's, it's, it's pretty incredible. Cause she's like, not like a very seasoned actress at this point. She's, mm. you know, Twin Peaks was like her first thing. I think. Yeah. I read that she was, she's 25 years old here. So she's not even like yeah. that old of a person. <laughs> she's like, yeah, it's, it's really cool. It's really cool to see this moment happen too. Also, I will say that this kind of clears up the rules of Bob and Leland a little bit for me, where it's not that Bob... It's like Bob can like... You can see either Bob or Leland, but they're the same person because Bob is living inside Leland. So, like, the logic here is like when she goes into the house, she sees... Bob, long-haired Bob, moving a the like little cabinet thing where she got her journal. But yeah, but if you think about like repression and child abuse, like it might not register that that is your dad. So then you would assign a villain in its pl- in his place, and we just happen to see the moment where she reckons with Bob and Leland are the same person. Yes. And it's like, like it's so moving. Um, It's, it's almost a little too moving. Like this is, this is, it's a lot incredibly heavy, but it, again, though, I, what I appreciated so much about it was just the, like, you know, not just the weight of it, but how it did like perfectly encapsulate what repression is and what repression looks like. And also give me the, the some more rules of this wacko world we're in. Yes. Um, yeah, so that evening, Leland's behavior is erratic and abusive. He accusingly uh, asks Laura about her romances, uh, tells her that he loves her. Mm-hmm. Um, so that night, and he gets pissed that she didn't wash her hands. Just crazy. Uh, he <laughs> then has a dream about entering the Black Lodge. Uh, Cooper uh, and the man from another place appear in her dream. Uh, the man from another place says, I am the arm, revealing his identity as Mike's severed arm uh, mm. and offers Teresa's ring to Laura, but Cooper tells her not to take it. Um, Laura, do you understand the ring, by the way? No, I. Th- this is the first time we've ever seen anything to do with a ring, but it belonged to Teresa, right? 
Yeah, the ring basically I from my understanding uh actually let me the ring Let me see if they have a quick little summation on on the wiki cuz it's 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 important. Uh an inscribed gold ring sat on an ornate table in the red room. Uh the ring was associated with the arm who offered it to Laura uh, from the early 1800s, several individuals were insult- were observed wearing this ring. Uh, uh, hmm, not giving me the information I was looking for, but <laughs> well, I believe well, what do you whoever, think it is, yeah. if you have, if you are wearing the ring, uh, uh, Bob cannot uh, consume you. Basically, like oh, your, gotcha, take over your your soul. That's why, uh, 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 like in the in when Leland's like checking if Laura Laura like washed her hands or something he mm-hmm. like specifically looks at her left hand mm-hmm. and when i guess it's when you put the ring on the left hand it's bob can't bob can't get you get you so why um, is cooper saying don't take the ring this my friend is a bad cooper no this is bad cooper yeah this is the bad this is the bad cooper we've always known lived in the you black gotta remember Lodge. my dude from here on out there's two coopers that's right. Two coops. Uh, wow. Sees Love that. Annie, uh, Annie Blackburn next to her in bed, covered in blood. Uh, great to see her again. Yeah, this is the this is the only time we see her, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we see her once more. Maybe, Maybe. I'm wrong. Uh, Annie tells Laura to write in her diary that the good Dale is in the lodge and cannot leave. Uh, Laura sees the ring in her hand, but when she wakes up, it is gone. So uh, she says the good Dale is in the lodge and cannot leave. The good Dale is in the lodge. Hmm. Do I have this backwards? I don't think I have this backwards. I don't even think that's the quote. I think it's just Dale yeah. is in the lodge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, whatever. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, Twin Peaks. Wait, one, one second. Here. One second here, my friend. Not a big deal. Just just looking something up real quick. Uh, let's see here. Okay, never mind. Uh, Laura goes to the roadhouse <laughs> to meet her drug connections and have sex with men. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm always going to the roadhouse to do those things. Yes. Uh, Check on my drug connects and have sex with men. Donna follows her uh, d- despite Laura telling her not to. Uh, Laura discusses Teresa Banks' murder with Ronette Pulaski uh, when she sees a topless... Okay, so we're kind of jumping around. So first we see Laura and uh, Donna's kind of watching as these Jacques points these two men over to Laura. Hmm. And it's pretty clear that Laura is going to, you know, uh, have sex with them for Mm -hmm. for money. Right. Uh, And then Donna comes over and she's basically like, I guess maybe out of, I don't know, like resentment or whatever. I don't know. Well, uh, to me, I read it as solidarity. Like she was trying like, to like I'm gonna do yeah. what you do because Donna's always been the follower right like Laura has yeah. kind of been the leader and Donna's tried to be a good friend to her but ultimately Laura goes down a path Donna can't go that was always the story that I was felt like the show told and so this is kind of in keeping with that which I really liked especially once I found out it was Donna and not a rando <laughs> 
Yes. Um, so, uh, yeah, they they go to a place called the Pink Room, uh, which I think they cross the border into Canada. Right, because uh, that's what they say right when they get in. They're like, this is Canada. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and also uh, it's like this whole scene is now done in um, subtitles because it's, I guess, so loud in there. And it's, it's so really loud. great. Yeah, it's a really the cool songs, sequence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is this is kind of like the favorite I think among most people is this this sequence is it's, I mean it's pretty pretty incredible. It's very David Lynch. Uh, they did actually like have David Lynch had music blasting like while they were filming this, so like they they were actually like yelling at each other the dialogue. Awesome. Uh, yeah, and I believe. Um, Laura says that she's the muffin, which is, mm-hmm. uh, I think, a callback to something earlier. Um, I didn't know what that was. I thought they were just talking in, like, jive talk, like like yeah. jazz speak. It's not very uh, significant. Uh, uh, Jacques says, I am the great Went, yeah. which uh, famous fans of the band Fish will know that they had a festival in, uh, I think, 96 called the Great Went. Mm. Uh, which is named after this. Uh, w- so anyway, uh, things kind of escalate uh, when she sees a topless Donna making out with a stranger. Laura uh, takes her home and begs Donna not to become like her. Uh, the next morning, Philip Gerard, the one-armed man possessed by the repentant demon Mike in an <laughs> attempt to warn Laura about her father and Bob, pulls up alongside Leland's car and shows Teresa's ring to Laura. Uh, Leland recalls after his affair, uh, Leland recalls his affair with Teresa. Mm -hmm. See, this is what's interesting to me is like this, like Leland paying Teresa for sex. Mm -hmm. Is this like, do you think this is Leland or is this Bob? Well, I think it's Leland, right? I think Leland and yeah, Bob have been together since Leland was a kid. That's that was my right. reading okay. of the of the show cuz like he yeah. talks about Bob when he was a young boy and how Bob used to like flick cigarettes at him or whatever. And uh I think to me it felt like that's where the transfer happened to a young Leland and then like Leland kinda grew up like I think I think, you know, Bob lays dormant in people. Like we and we know this is true because Leland doesn't always he's not always Bob. Sometimes he is Leland and sometimes he's Bob. And in this yeah, it felt like because I, I, I thought I always knew that Leland went to go kill Teresa Banks, but I guess I didn't know that. Did they did they confirm that in the show that he kills Teresa Banks? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the the opening shot of the. Oh, in the show. In um, the show, yeah. I don't think so. Oh yeah. See, I don't, I don't know. know why. I don't know why I thought I had already known that. That well, I think that they. I think that. I mean, there's talk of, like, it's the same killer, like, Laura and Teresa Banks. Like, Cooper, I think, knows that it's, it's like, the same. Because they, ha- they both have the the thing under the, the fingernails. The yeah. letters, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I guess I'd, I I assumed once they caught Leland for Laura Palmer's murder, they were also wrapping up the Teresa Banks murder. I, I don't know why, yeah, I jumped to that conclusion, but it was all the more confirmed watching this film. So I was like, 
I felt like when I was watching those scenes, I was like, yeah, mm-hmm, yeah, that's Leland when he's probably having sex with Teresa and then before he kills her at some point. Yes. Which the next sentence you're about to read is shocking. Yeah. Uh, one night, Bob comes through Laura's window and begins to rape her. Uh, oh, no, I was talking about uh, he had asked Teresa to set up a foursome with some of her friends, oh, shit. but Did fled I, after oh, yeah, discovering yeah. Laura was among them. <laughs> I skipped ahead. Teresa yes. realized who he was and plotted to blackmail him, and he killed her. Yeah. 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 Crazy. Uh, yeah, Teresa. Re- yeah, yeah. It's also crazy um, that Laura, we didn't know Laura Palmer knew Teresa. That was that was something that I was shocked to hear. Like, right, uh, and Leland was shocked as well. Yeah, um, <laughs> me and Leland I were love the same. This scene. Dude, this this scene is crazy. Like, especially like after he has this sort of flashback, and like the mechanics are all like watching them, and Laura's just screaming at him like, "Dad, who was that?" Mm-hmm, yeah, uh, it's very powerful. Yeah, it's uh, cool. Pretty wild. Mm-hmm. Uh, one night, Bob comes through Laura's window and begins to rape her, only to transform into Leland. Uh, this is pretty pretty nuts. So, mm-hmm. uh, one fun fact: Cheryl Lee was talking. Cheryl Lee was talking in uh, one of the behind-the-scenes things I was watching, and she said, uh, "She's like, yeah, I'll pretty much do whatever for David Lynch tells me to." But I did draw the line during this scene when he uh, suggested. Uh, putting a pig's head right next to my face. Like, basically, David Lynch wanted to cut from, like, cuts to Bob on top of her and then Leland and then, like, a pig's head, <laughs> I guess. Sure. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but she, was, she said no on that, which, I mean, that would have been scary, but, you know, I don't think it's necessary. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, yeah. I could, I don't know. It's like so insane but when you're on set i'm sure you're just thinking like going at a million miles an hour like what is some what's some crazy shit we could do oh yeah maybe this maybe this and then you like realize like oh yeah we're filming a rape scene like this is probably we probably should like be thinking about this like a little bit more delicately than than just like it would be fucked up to have a pig's head there yes it would david lynch you are right (laughs) that would be messed up but i i'm Good on Laura for drawing a line somewhere. Or yeah. sorry, Cheryl. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, this is this is probably probably. I mean, for me, the most the most disturbing. Uh, upset, Laura begins uh, using more cocaine. Uh, Bobby breaks up with Laura, and she then ends her relationship with James and mm-hmm. goes into a cabin in the woods for an orgy with Ronette, Jacques, and Leo. Uh. Let's see. Leland follows her there and takes her and Renette to an abandoned train car. Um, Laura asks Leland if he is going to kill her, and he transforms into Bob and tells her that he intends to possess her. Bob beats Ronette unconscious. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike, who tracked uh, the Bob-possessed Leland to the train, throws Teresa's ring into the train car. Laura puts it on, which prevents Bob from possessing her. There we go. Mm. Uh, enraged, Bob stabs Laura to death. Uh, then Bob, uh, or the Bob possessed Leland, uh, places Laura's body in the lake. So, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of, a lot of stuff going on. A lot on. of stuff, a lot of fantasy elements in there. Um, love a good Mike <laughs> coming. You gotta love Mike. Gotta I love mean, Mike. Yeah. The unsung hero of Twin Peaks. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, okay, so as her corpse drifts away, the Bob-possessed Leland enters the Red Room where he encounters uh, Mike and the man from another place who demand their share of Garmin-Bosia, pain and sorrow. Garbanzo uh, beans. Yes, yeah. <laughs> uh, as Laura's body is found by sheriff, uh, the sheriff's department, Agent Cooper comforts her in the, in the lodge. Uh, when Cooper sees an angel that had previously disappeared from her bedroom painting... Uh, she begins to cry and laugh. When Laura sees the angel. Yes, when yeah. Laura does. Yeah. <sighs> the end. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think? What do you think of the ending, by the way? I love it. I love the ending. I love all this stuff. I love everything from uh, one year later in Twin Peaks to the end. I think it's just all all good stuff. Uh, Cheryl Lee, Tour de Force, performance... Um, mm. you know, fucking Ray Weiss is out of this world. I thought it was, I mean, all, we got to see all these great Twin Peaks locations in like beautiful, stunning 16 by nine framed portrait, David Lynch style portrait shots. Like we got to see the diner from this like cool bird's eye view, like God lens angle where you see Nadine, not not Nadine, Norma and and Shelly talking. You know, it's just like every, it was just cool. I mean, I I do wish there were more people from the show in here, but because it's so focused, the story was so focused, I like, you know, I didn't miss like Jerry, for example. (laughs) You know, like I I could, I mean, I guess I could have... it would have been cool to see everybody, but maybe Michael Onyke's character. But I, I don't know. Even but it's it's hard to say because I, I liked I liked all this so much. I thought it was so good. I I thought it was yeah. Can't can't sing its praises high enough. Really glad it's also getting the respect it kind of deserves now. Like it's it has a Criterion release, which is crazy just for the circumstances surrounding this film like it's a film based off a tv show by the a scorned director creator director (laughs) like that doesn't sound like it's going to be good but it's like in the fucking criterion which is to me like you know that's still an esteemed institute and as you said eric like people are liking it way more now especially since the return is around um yeah i i just i like it a lot yeah i again it, it, it looks like just from when we break it down like all my complaints happen in the first are kind of over in the first 20 minutes of the film. And then it's just on, onto the good stuff. Uh, what about you? What about after you're now third or fourth, how, whatever viewing this is for you? It's probably in reality, it's probably like sixth or something. Six. Yeah. I've seen nice. it a lot. I've seen it a lot of times. Uh, yeah, but it's, uh, I, I really like this movie. It's like a weird movie to really like just cause of the subject matter. It's like, it, it feels weird saying like, I, I, this is like one of my favorites, but, but it is, it's, uh, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. Uh, it'll be interesting to see after we rewatch all the David Lynch movies, which one I actually, I do want to actively try and pick out which one my favorite is. Yeah. Cause I've never had like a consistent answer to that question. Yeah. Uh, I Th- think is this, up, is this, this p- up there for you? I think at this specific point, here's the thing. It's either this or blue velvet right now, right. but I would say this, 
the only thing holding me back is this movie is kind of dependent on like an entire ser- TV series. Yeah, but it's your favorite, so it's like doesn't yeah. necessarily have to follow any okay. rules. I think, it, if, I think this is my favorite David Lynch movie. Then I think yeah, you know, I might go back on that, but I th- I I think it is. And uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, there's specifically I'll tease this. There is a detail that there's okay. So this is how. Uh, a, how crazy obsessive Twin Peaks fans are, and B, how crazy obsessive David Lynch is, is The Return has been out for uh, three or four years, maybe, at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, I was reading a Reddit thread from one year ago mm-hmm. uh, where basically this guy found out there's like a very easy-to-miss detail in The Return that... Uh, is basically it's uh, it's basically a certain effect that you like notice but you don't think too much about mm-hmm. in like one specific moment, and that effect is used very subtly in another very pivotal moment of the return, and the fact that that effect is used in both is like not coincidental, and it basically oh, wow. ties things together in like a way that nobody uh had seemed to have thought of before well what tell me Uh, the effect in this film so i know it'll be looking for it in the return hmm well this would be okay i will say cheryl lee cheryl lee is in the return well i know that is okay i was gonna say that's probably there man okay there is an effect uh (laughs) on her scream during oh, yeah. the rape scene. Okay, gotcha. Uh, there's an effect. Mm-hmm. Uh, and maybe that's, I, I don't know, I you know, maybe I shouldn't have even said that, but uh, something but to be look looking out for. for something maybe. similar. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah. No, that's it's, great. Yeah. I, I, unfortunately, because of the nature of the internet, I know that Cheryl Lee is in the return. I mean, every time we do this, uh, a Twin Peaks episode in the Twin Pe- Peaks wiki, fandom fan pages it's there's always a picture of old cheryl lee in it (laughs) like so you just like know Uh, that she's coming but also like i that's not that's not that insane to me like the way that twin peaks works it's like it's a it's a cool i guess it is kind of a cool spoiler but it is also like yeah sure of course sure i mean if if it's not laura palmer maybe she has a third cousin that (laughs) looks like her exactly you know what i mean like they'll they'll come up with any excuse to have Cheryl Lee back in the cast, I'm sure. Jeremy, over the next couple months, I urge you with just as hard as you can to avoid consuming anything the return related. Sure. Uh I mean there's there's like accounts on Twitter. I've been trying I try not to retweet them or like them so you don't see them that like post Twin Peaks screenshots and stuff. I don't <laughs> like share any of the stuff from the return because I don't want you to see any of it. Awesome. Uh, I, I don't want the the one thing I will I will share with you is uh right before the return came out or maybe like a month or two before it started airing uh they did release a cast list oh um and I'm just gonna read you like a couple of I'm not gonna read all of them to you but I'll I'll read a couple of names that are like were not previously associated with Twin Peaks okay just kind of wet the whistle Naomi Watts. Oh, yeah. Eddie Vedder, <laughs> uh, Tom Sizemore, Amanda Seyfried, Trent Reznor, 
David Koechner, uh, he's not on the list, but Michael Sarah is in it, and oh, wow. uh, Jim Belushi. Oh, wow. Is Brett Gelman in it, too? No? Brett Gelman is in it. Brett Gelman, yeah. yes. Brett Gelman's yes. in it, and also that 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 amazing stand-up comedian. I've Josh done a show. Fadum. Yes, Josh Fadum. I've done a show with Josh Fadum. Um, yeah, he's and great. when I found out he was in the Return, I was like even more starstruck than just knowing that he was in uh, Thirty Rock. So, yep, yeah, yeah, that's, that. Yeah, no, I, I, I knew that. Also, Stephanie Aliens in it, who's another like UCB treasure. Like, I, mm. I, I knew that there was like a lot of like fun, cool comedians. Also, Matthew Lillard. I don't know Lillard? If Matthew Lillard. Oh, but Matthew Lillard. Performance of his career, honestly. That's amazing. Uh, so, Dude, that's, I'm psyched. I'm glad I don't know why you saying, I, I don't know why you saying Matthew Lillard made me even more excited than anyone else. But. <laughs> honestly, he's one of my favorite parts of the the return. But uh, that's all I'm saying, dude. Just just keep the keep the just you know keep your peepers open. If you see anything about the return, quickly avert your gaze. Uh, <laughs> I th- I think it'll be I think it'll be good to kind of take a take a couple months off of Twin Peaks talk and 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 we'll kind of get back to it. Um, but yeah, this has been our uh, any anything else you want to say about Fire Walk with me or Twin Peaks before we before we sign off? No, I mean I to be honest with you, I'm um especially after the high of Fire Walk with me, which I agree it is sound it is beginning to sound strange coming out of my mouth just because the subject matter is so rough of how much I did enjoy this movie. But I guess I it is going to be tough for me to leave Twin Peaks for a while. Like whereas I feel like by the end of season two, I was a little bit more like okay, yeah, I could do something different for a while. Now, after this, I'm like, oh, no, I kind of just want to do the return right now. So I will be I will be very excited to return to it in the coming weeks ahead. Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, thank you for listening. Uh, next week, we will be back to Kubrick. We're going to do uh, 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 Clockwork Orange, right? Clockwork yes, Orange, I believe, is the next Orange one. Is next week. Um... Let's see. Emily Cooper. It is a clockwork orange, right? I guess we talked about this on the last episode, I think. I just want to double check. Right? Clockwork orange. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Strange Love 2001 it, clockwork. Yeah, it's like a clockwork orange, and then it's Barry Lyndon and The Shining, right? Yes. yes. So we will talk about uh, clockwork orange next week. And uh, Norma, I'll see you in my dreams. <laughs>